good evening to my friends in India and good morning in the United States. Uh, today I'll speak in English and have a separate broadcast in Hindi later. This will save time. I want to discuss some of the questions many of you have asked through the uh, Facebook page, which I encourage you to follow. <clears throat> and I will club these questions together. Some of the questions on the same issue, I'll club them together. So the first group of questions concerns Akharas. How to use Akharas? Who are they? What is their role? Uh, Shubham Trivedi, Shirish Srivastav, Srinivas Murthy, and Abhir Ramakrishna Yadav are among many people who are asking this kind of question. Uh, they are saying that uh, should these Akharas create a board of members from different Akharas? They already have. The 13 Akharas have each a Mahant representing them in the Akhil, uh, uh, Akhil Bharati Akhara Parishad, which means All India Council of Akharas. And these 13 have a leader. And I have had a conversation with this person some months back. So uh, in my next trip, I am contemplating extending my trip by a couple of days so I can go and visit them and give them a personal briefing because a lot more data has been found by me since I had a previous conversation. I also, the uh, question is on whether they should pass some resolution uh, and uh, how, to, how to get offensive about it, not just defensive. Uh, can we bring all, the, all kind of Hindu organizations together in one table? So these are some of the things I want to discuss with them. Uh, you see, long term, the most secure solution we have is with the Akharas in control, because whatever the government, government may come, government may go, but if the Akharas are in control and they know what to do, then it will be very good for us. So the Akharas need to become more modern. Uh, many of them don't even have a website or a Facebook or internet. They need to become more professional. Uh, they need to learn Purva Paksha of Western Indology. And all these uh, goody-goody Harvard people coming and, uh, you know, giving them prasad and gifts and trying to be nice to them. They need to understand the big game. They haven't understood the big game. So they need to understand that this is a Kurukshetra that they are in. So this requires we have to win over their trust. They are very suspicious of outsiders, of modern people, because they've been people have tried to come and take away their property and do all kinds of things. And some people make fun of their, uh, their traditional style. So we have to respect them as they are, speak in their language, and explain to them that the, there is a risk and we are there to help them. So this will take time. So also we have to establish their legal authority before the courts, that they are the keepers for a very long time. It is their event. You know, they never registered trademark and copyright and those kind of things. But it, traditionally for 8,000 years, there is record that the Akara Parishads have, Akaras have been running this event. So the process I'm starting uh, is thanks to Swami Nityanand, uh, who is one of the, the leaders of one of the 13, the Mahanirvani Akhara. He is the leader. And so he has tremendous clout with the rest of them. And I'm working through him to uh, have some relationships, some briefing sessions uh, with, the, uh, with the Akhara people. So let's see what happens. I'm trying to make a trip uh, later this summer if I'm able to. Next questions, set of questions, Sri Rang, Velavan Kannan, Himanshu Kapoor, Sri Ayer, Shravan. These are questions 
about government and politics. So what is the Indian government doing? How can we uh, push them and pressure them? Uh, what do you expect Modi, Modi government to do? Uh, is the government stopping breaking India forces? If so, how? If not, why not? And then there is a suggestion that uh, 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 once in Andhra Pradesh, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of uh, Hindu gurus came together <coughs> and protested. It was a very loud protest. And so the government took action. So why can't we do the same thing now? Why can't we bring a lot of people to put pressure on the government and RSS to do something? This is the question. Then it says, uh, another one says that uh, Kumbh Mela is a Hindu event. Can we request the government to put restrictions that non-Hindu organizations cannot come and so on? So I think uh, first thing I want the government to do is to stop encouraging people like the Harvards to come and do case studies on us as if we are some kind of microbes or we are some kind of mosquitoes or something that they have to come and do research on us. We are sitting there very happy. They are looking at us, feeling very proud that we are important to them. We should not have this kind of inferiority complex. We do not need others to study us. We do have social issues, environmental issues, all kinds of things because it's been around for so long. So obviously things have changed. We ought to study them. But we ought to study them ourselves. There's plenty of talent. There are plenty of groups that should go and uh, em employ you know, people to go and do actual research, quantitative research, qualitative research, gather databases, build databases on who comes, what are all the jatis, what are all the levels of society, gender issues, uh, environmental issues. We should gather all this data ourselves. It will create thousands of jobs. It will create jobs for people who are from our Sanskriti. On the one hand, we are saying that people from our Sanskriti don't get employed because everybody has to know English and speak and be westernized. But here is something that an average villager could also be asked to come and do. Uh, people with tremendous humility, people who are the participants in the Kumbh Mela, who come from far away, they are the best people who want to protect it. So we should employ such people and do the gathering, and then they should understand it, process it, analyze it themselves, and present it. It should not be something where data has been captured, taken away to Harvard in some uh, cloud or uh, controlled by Harvard. We don't, our government doesn't even have a copy of what the data has been. So we should stop all that. And, and this is the first thing the government should do. This is not just federal government, but state governments. There are different state governments where it is held, and they should, uh, they should not uh, underestimate the threat. They should understand the threat. I don't think these government people have become aware of the threat even, because a lot of good PR has been done on them by various agencies. Yeah? So um, I find that uh, the people in the government that I talk to about these things, they feel that I, who am I, you know, I don't have any position. So they are looking at, you know, what does he bring? He can't, he doesn't bring money. He doesn't bring votes. He doesn't want a job. So they are more interested in their own survival, their own survival and friends survival and so on. So this is a problem. You have to convince, you have to lobby, you have to pressure the government. They have to get knowledge from wherever they can get and not be biased as to who is supplying them the knowledge. If somebody has the knowledge, they should respect it. Okay, so that's, I think, very important. Then ICCR, which is the Indian Council of Cultural Research, is giving awards to some of these Western Indologists. They should stop that. And they, uh, uh, I have requested that they should hold a series of inquiries on Western Indology. Just like the uh, U.S. is doing, uh, you know, hearings on uh, human rights in India, uh, religious freedom in India. We should do hearings on Western Indology. We should do that. But we are not. And so far, I didn't see track, get traction from people in some ministries that I approached 
that we ought to be having an annual conference where we are reversing the gaze on Western Indology. Just to let you know, I'm starting a, a series of conferences on uh, Swadeshi Indology, which uh, reversing the gaze on Western Indology. The first conference will be held in IIT Madras in July, and we'll have a number three days of uh, talks and papers on uh, Sheldon Pollock, a critique by critiques by many couple of dozens of uh, people from the Swadeshi Drishti. So this is something the government ought to be encouraging, and political parties on our, who are on our wavelength should be uh, encouraging. Uh, the issue is too new with the government. You can't really blame them because it's too new. They don't know anything about it yet. And so it is our job, it is your job to brief them. Have them read these things, papers I'm writing, watch these videos, read some of my books. I'm available to go there and do briefings. I'm coming for a few days in July and I'm willing to sit and talk to senior people. But they have to be senior people, decision makers, uh, people who are willing to listen with an open mind and then do something. Whoever they are, I'm willing to go and spend my time. So the issue, the mental block Hindus leaders have is that uh, the use of Sam Dan with PR as a Trojan horse to get in is something they don't understand. They're not willing to even accept it because they're saying these people are so nice to us. How can they be, you know, how can you charge them with all these things? Next set of questions is legal. Surendra Reddy, Shirish and Prashant Devaram, these are some of the people, many others, I'm just giving you a few of the names. They want to know, is any legal action possible to restrict entry? Why can't we stop evangelism by legal action? Can we file a case saying that since the government controls Hindu places of worship, this is also a Hindu place of worship and government land is being rented by Kumela, so government has some responsibility. That makes sense. But I have to, I have to check this out. I'm going to meet some top Supreme Court lawyers, constitutional lawyers when I'm in India. The, the major issue is we need to first define what constitutes Hinduism. If Hinduism is being threatened, what is, what is it that is being threatened? If you can't define it, you can't defend it. So we have to define what we mean by who is a Hindu, what is Hinduism. Whether you call it Sanatana Dharma does not change the matter. So don't tell me, oh, we should call it changing the name does not change the problem. We have to define what we mean by the entity, however you name it. And so this definition has to be widely accepted by our own people. You can't have uh, Brahma Kumari saying, you know, everything is the same. Jesus is also a path and Self-Realization Fellowship saying that he's also one of the avatars. You cannot have some people saying things which plays into the hands of the evangelists. They can say, okay, by your own, uh, by your own authorities, by your own leaders, it's okay for us to go and preach. And what is wrong if we are doing, uh, uh, we are calling it Jesus Ganga and Jesus Shnan, uh, we are going to have, you know. So why, why, how can we stop that if our own people are not uh, united on understanding the basic concepts? So the question is, if I were to ask someone to take legal action, they will say, who's the client? Who's the client? You need a client. So I, as a random Hindu, is not, cannot be a client. We need lakhs of people in a petition, lakhs of people. Now, right now I have one and a half lakh followers. We should have 10 times as many. You should help me get more followers. When we have a large following, we'll have a large voice. So then we'll be a constituency that, that has some stake. Secondly, I want the leaders in various Hindu organizations to join me. So another thing I'm going to do in this trip is to meet a few senior people 
uh, I'm, I've sent out feelers to see if they're available. And once we have a large public voice like you people, combined with a few leaders, important leaders, united, then, you know, we can file, take the, take the legal action because we do not want, we do not want to take action when the insiders are, are disunited. When the insiders themselves don't agree, then if you take action, it will backfire because our opponents will get other Hindus to talk against me. It's not difficult to find such people. They will get all kind of Hindus to talk against me and then it will look like, oh, I'm just some one kind of a person only and uh, maybe I'm a radical, I'm whatever, whatever. And they will just keep us divided. So first, before we go external and we take on the outsiders, we must unify the insiders. That's a very important thing and not an easy thing to do. So getting our own leaders on board is a prerequisite before we can take legal action. Otherwise, they'll bring witnesses. The opposing side will bring witnesses who are from uh, uh, is on grassroots support for my work. Uh, Manish Oja, Abhay Maheshwari, Bhavesh, Sumit Kumar, Ravi Kannan, Arjun, Ved Prakash, Harika Raj are some of the people I want to thank for saying that uh, uh, we need grassroots support because mainstream media is all secularized and against us. A lot of people are saying that. How do we scale up the work you are doing? They are asking me. Sir, what according to you should the youth do to protect our Kumbh Mela? Because many of them are turning into cool dudes. Good point. Uh, why don't we have volunteer organizations to make sure only the right people enter the Mela? Uh, your message needs to reach out to the villages. And then, then uh, if you bring a lot of Hindu leaders together on a stage, the government will have to notice and the media will have to notice. Now, these are very good comments and uh, points. I do want to organize mass rallies, but I need first enough Hindu leaders on our side. And you can help by lobbying, by uh, spreading, by, you know, sending out these ideas, these videos to more and more people. Uh, we need to start a Kumbh Mela Sena with its own uniform. Peaceful guys, well-educated, very diplomatic, very courteous, young people, different languages, coming from different parts of India, many, many villagers, all strata of society, male and female, Dalits and uh, upper caste, all kind of people. We need those. And this, uh, this Kumbh Mela Sena should be well briefed how to debate, how to tell when somebody is digesting us and argue against it, how to uh, detect Hindu phobia, how, understand the whole history of it and problems and fight back, how to argue back. So uh, what I'm suggesting is those of you who are serious, do the following. Join a major Hindu organization that participates in the Kumbh Mela, which is going to participate next year, next time's Kumbh Mela. Join them now, become a volunteer and join the committee, the planning people who are going to plan the Kumbh Mela. Become a volunteer, be helpful, don't enter the first day and start criticizing them. Don't tell them I know more than you. Don't enter any group or any forum with more ideas and, and uh, first do seva. Then you learn some, then you get some knowledge about them. Then you get the brown, then you get some credibility. Then you earn the right to advise them. So join such organizations, be a very good sevak, good volunteer, and then join their Kumbh Mela planning committee. When you join that, then you can start teaching them about the dangers, the threats, and start saying next time we have to do it differently. We have to put poison pills. We have to be, have surveillance. So this, this way, if many of our young people join 
you know, different major organizations, join Art of Living, join Chinmaya Mission, join all kinds of, join Swami Nityanand's organization, Mata Amritanand's organization, join, uh, you know, Ramakrishna Mission, join all the organizations that have big presence. And uh, through those, those organizations that you join, uh, become known as somebody who is very loyal and very sincere. And then from inside, give them advice, educate them, teach them these ideas, tell them, inform them about the kind of things that I am writing about. For, then you can also get those organizations on board. This will take time and it will take a lot of people helping. So uh, I have uh, right now uh, crossed uh, one and a half lakh uh, followers on Facebook. Uh, thank you for helping me do that. But we need 10 times and then we'll be a voice that nobody will be able to ignore. People will take us seriously. Even mainstream uh, media will take us seriously. Next question is uh, Chinu Srinivasan, Raghava Sharma, Tamil Rasan, uh, Karapiya uh, and, many, and many others and they are talking about the ideological fight that we have with secularism. Now this is very important, I've been talking about it quite a bit. Uh, how do we address the apathy of the wide Hindu community, wider Hindu community in India and overseas because they simply don't care. They are saying, I'm doing fine, I got a nice house, I got a job and everything seems fine to me. Why are you worrying? Maybe you are uh, uh, conjuring up a conspiracy. So many questions I get when I give talks are like that. Like I am uh, inventing a problem, there is no problem. See, they don't want to face a problem. So the one way not to face a problem is to deny that there is a problem. So uh, then this person says, are we not paying the price for India's constitution, uh, we, uh, which should have declared us as a Hindu Republic? I think it should have declared us as a Rashtra, Bharatiya Rashtra. The word Rashtra is different than Republic. Republic is a Greek Western kind of an idea. And then we have to uh, argue, are we a nation? Are we not a nation? Are we a Republic? I'm writing an article on Hindu Rashtra as, as distinct from nation. So we should have been declared a Hindu Rashtra long ago. Uh, but anyway, we are where we are. We need a, we need a, uh, and then the question is yoga and meditation are being camouflaged and dis in a deceptive manner being digested into Christianity. The same will be done with all kinds of things with this person, uh, uh, has certainly read my books, my especially Indra's net where I explain all this, I'm very happy. So my feeling is we need a massive re-education for our leaders. We need a huge amount of uh, number of leaders coming from uh, various backgrounds on how we are different from other traditions. They go around talking about how we are same, but I want them to talk about what's distinct, what because that is what's worth protecting. What if everything is same, then it doesn't matter if you convert from X to Y, how does it matter? Yeah, it's like changing one fashion, one shirt with, for another shirt. How does it matter? It has to matter substantially to things. I also seek alliances. I seek alliances with other leaders. But unfortunately, there is too much jealousy also. There is parochialism. Some organizations are very closed to their own people. Whether it's a Hindu religious kind of organization, whether it's a political organization, they feel that they'll only, uh, they, they, they are like a club of old kind of old boys, old women's network, old boys and girls network. And I am an outsider, they don't want, uh, you know. And so the idea of uh, all of us working together is one has to break through those barriers. Yeah. Uh, some of our Hindu organizations are more open to Christians and Muslims than to other Hindus. There is a very large Hindu organization which refused to uh, be on stage because some other Hindu organization was going to be present. 
but they are no problem sharing the stage with Christians. This is a problem we have, some kind of a deep inferiority complex. Then there are a few people who are talking about mainstream media. The first one has an acronym name, which is not really a name. And then there's somebody called Fearless Hindus. Uh, is there any chance you can come out on the mainstream media? More and more people need to be enlightened on the it will be written, uh, you know, against us. But we should write articles that uh, these inter these interventions in Kumbh Mela are going to spread communal unrest, and then people will be scared, and government machinery will be brought in to take action. Well, you know, we have to figure out uh, to what extent uh, certain goody goody methods on our part will work. And to what extent we have to take actions, maybe legal actions and whatever kind of actions to make sure that our, our culture does not get hijacked. So we have to consider all that. I don't know if going directly to mainstream media is a good idea, because if we are not united amongst ourselves, they'll take us apart. I mean, one show will bring a guy like me and then three other Hindus to argue against me to kind of mock at my whole program. So, for, so I think first I need to start with Facebook type of, uh, you know, platforms, which is why I want to expand the number of followers by a dramatic amount and make a big, big noise, big, big uh, appeal uh, using a media that I control. In parallel, I want to bring Hindu leaders on board, prominent Hindu leaders, I want to bring them on board in private discussion, private meetings. Once I have enough Hindu leaders on our side, plus several lakhs and lakhs of followers on the internet, on the social media, then I think we can go with a powerful combination, we can go take on the mainstream, the mainstream media, and we can have legal cases, all those things. First, unite and become strong, then go public. Okay, so that's my thing. Then there is a, another uh, cluster of questions by Shubham Trivedi, Jugnu Thakur, and several others. And they are saying, why don't we exploit the fault lines of our enemies, like they are exploiting our fault lines? Very clever. I like that. I like the people who take on. I mean, there are, you know, racial issues in these other countries. There are uh, social issues. There are environmental issues. There are gender issues. I mean, they have all kinds of problems. We are not going around studying all the statistics of what's going on or what's wrong and giving them lectures the way they are doing that to us. And then one person asked, do we need some bad cops? Good question. Thank you. I'm one of the bad cops. I, I can play both. I mean, I can, I've been a businessman in this country and I stopped being 25 years ago, but I was very successful because I could be the nice guy and do my deals. But I can also be a bad cop in the sense that I can take people on. This creates controversy. So I expect and deserve that people like you should support me because I'm fighting your fight. Uh, I Don't abandon me. Don't abandon me when somebody comes after me, slanders me, attacks me. You have to stand by me because I've stuck my neck out for you. Okay, so I feel that uh, uh, until our own people stand up united, we can't just go and expect, you know, generosity, mercy, etc. from outsiders. The next question is by Sapna and uh, Dushyant Chauhan and Shiv Kumar Bhatia. They are saying, can you show us, can you tell us who is doing insider, insider scholarship on Kumbhmela? And... Uh, uh, why don't we have counter propaganda? We're using our own scholarship. Uh, and then somebody, one of them asked, where do I begin my own research? Now, I would question, I would suggest don't do your own research. Don't be a producer of research. After you've learned to be a good consumer of research, then you can move up to the next step of becoming your own researcher. You cannot be a good 
writer unless you are a good reader. The same way, before you can even dream of becoming a researcher, you got to read the research that's already out there. Read it, disseminate it. Okay. So, uh, are there books on Kumbh Mela? Are there scholars and universities doing this? Uh, so, my uh, my response to this is that we are trying to create a Swadeshi Indology movement. Uh, I'm writing, going to write on it. The first conference is going to be in Chennai. Uh, we are taking on Sheldon Pollock and all his works, uh, opposing it. And we'll start expanding from there. We'll take on those who are on the Kumbh Mela project from the Western side, respond to them, respond to those who are digesting yoga, all kind of things one by one we'll take on once we have a team for Swadeshi Indology. So we are still looking for more funding, more scholars. We are getting some support. We are getting some traction. So we will create the insider scholarship, but it will take us time. Yeah. Then there is a, now this is where HRD ministry are the ones who should give us a report on what is the state of knowledge about our civilization in India, in US, in Europe, in Japan, in China, in Russia, different parts of the world. There should be a, a report every year. There should be a report on what is the state of Indology in various parts of the world, including in India. It's so strategic. So I, 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 these are things that I think the, the ministries in the government have to take some responsibilities and do. And of course, we are available to help if asked. We are available to help. We have a lot of experience in doing this. And we can bring a lot of our knowledge in our database to help. But somebody has to ask us Then we are when we are willing to do it. Then someone, Shiv Kumar Bhatia, asked that uh, I was, uh, I, I mentioned that uh, uh, Shatavdhani Ganesh uh, ma made some comments about beef eating in the Vedas. Uh, but he says, uh, I know Shatavdhani is a good Hindu. He's pro-Hindu, a pro-Indian scholar. Why would he do that? So I have posted a comment on uh, my, my Facebook page giving the link where Shatavdhani Ganesh has written this article. He is a good Hindu. He means well. He is not a bad guy at all. Uh, I wish he weren't thinking of me as one, but I think he's a good guy. Uh, he's a great scholar. However, he does not have experience in the in the Kurukshetra. This is not his specialty. He has not gone out and mingled with the opponents and fought with them for years and years and decades. He doesn't have that, so he doesn't realize that what he's writing will be misused by the other side. You see, sometimes we are putting up our dirty linen in public too much. We are, we are, are, in order to argue with each other to show who knows more, we are giving, we are giving evidence to the other side. We should be careful that, you know, when I'm arguing about whether I know more about beef eating in the Vedas than somebody else do, I'm giving them quotes and quotes and quotes of how rishis were eating beef and whatnot. And the other side is not interested in the big, uh, and appreciating uh, the, the point being made. The other side will just pick out quotes from here, there, there. They have great references. They'll say that this came from a well-known scholar and they'll use it against us. So I basically cautioned uh, people from taking the social media and publicly talking about sensitive matters, which ought to be discussed internally. We should discuss all our issues internally. We have a lot of issues. We should discuss them internally. But let's not give ammunition to those who are going to use it against us. In conclusion, I want to say that there are seven type of organizations that have to be involved. We have Hindu spiritual and religious organizations, political organizations, the legal method, the government method, youth and grassroots organizations, academics and intellectuals, and media. 
Now, I can't do all of these seven myself. So I'm going to start with the Hindu organizations, spiritual organizations myself, and hope that my social media expands enough that youth and grassroots organizations come uh, are created uh, by a large number of followers that follow my Facebook page and other pages so I can communicate with you and we have lakhs and lakhs of people with one voice. I want you to volunteer in a major Hindu organization for the next Kumbh Mela and bring my messages to the attention of their leaders. I, I want you to tell the governments, the state government, wherever these Melas are held, to stop marketing it as tourism, to protect the spirituality first and learn to differentiate our tradition from just random pop culture Mela, Tamasha. Don't, don't uh, trivialize it because you're opening the door. I want our leaders to learn from what China has done. To get a visa, a scholar who wants to do research has to submit a proposal. What he will do, uh, 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 the government then looks at it. The government may turn it down if they don't like it. He has to give a copy of all his data to the Chinese government. The Chinese government has a whole organization that will review it. Uh, and and they, they have a right to challenge what he publishes. So nothing happens without their knowledge. Whereas Harvard is very proud. They, are, they have hundreds of cameras here, there, and they have all kind of mobile devices capturing data. Nobody in the Indian government I talked to or in the state government I talked to said that they even have a copy of this data. Now, this is like carelessness. This is like inviting somebody to come and do all the surveillance they want in your company or in your house, and you don't even bother to know what exactly they do, as long as they come and praise you and give you a few garlands and some, uh, some mitang that no company would allow a competitor to come and do such surveillance, and no sensible government should allow. So we need to in, uh, unite the insiders first and then tackle the outsiders. I would like to create a minimum common interests document, a document which says these are the minimum common interests of all Hindus in the Kumbh Mela. We may have all the differences in various matters, different rituals, different ideas, this and that, but there are, what are the minimum common interests that all of us have, that all of us want to protect? I want to develop such a document. I'm in the process of developing such a document. Uh, it will take me time uh, and then I want to take it around and convince all our leaders that please sign this. Very simple, a few points only. Like we don't want non-veg, we don't want evangelism, we don't want uh, digestion and distortion, we don't want Jesus Itihas and uh, those kind of stuff going on. Uh, we don't want, uh, you know, uh, this uh, uh, people uh, using uh, Ganga Shnan uh, uh, for baptism. Uh, we, we just don't want the sanctity, certain spiritual sanctities to be violated. Uh, so we want the minimum common agenda of all Hindus to be nailed down, to be defined, get enough Hindus on board, get the masses to support us in the social media, then we can take legal action, then we can take to government and lobby, then we can ask the state governments to uh, order gov you know, government ordinances and government orders for this. So, finally I want to say, we need to take on social issues ourselves. Don't neglect the social issues and don't wait for others to come and wag the finger. Recently at the Kumbh Mela in Nasik, a bishop came from the Vatican and gave a lecture in the Kumbh Mela with hundreds of people attending, wagging his finger on environmental problems and his advice what we should do. Now, no Hindu is going to be allowed to go to the Vatican and tell them what all they should do differently in their churches all over the world. But here, here we are, there's no control, nobody there to, nobody there to question this, nobody there to say that this is good, this is bad, nobody there to give a rebuttal. And so this kind of thing is going on. Uh, we should have our, we, we should not, BBC had a great, had a long uh, Hindi article 
uh, interviewing Dalits and calling themselves the voice of the Dalits and championing them at the Kumbh Mela because they're not being uh, given enough attention. We have to take care of these problems. We do have problems. We cannot deny these problems. But so do other people have their problems. So we should take responsibility and not ab abandon this responsibility to other people. So I will sign off now and I will, uh, uh, I will uh, be back uh, in, a, in a few days uh, and, and, and uh, talk, to you, talk to you later. Namaskar. Thank you for listening.